This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Ways to change the subject away from politics. A Thanksgiving Minutia quiz. Jenkins, who spelled this on the flyer? The man who was traded for himself. Rick's brush with the band Mama's Boys. Yeah, who well, you've never heard of, but it's a good story. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia, Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. That's Rick Kemper and Dave Stern. We are your Minutia Men. We were uh, on duty even on a holiday. That's how uh, devoted we are to this uh, podcast. We're Minutia time and a half right now. <laughs> holiday pay. Right now. We're... we're we're manning, we're manning the missile silos of Minutia. While you're sleeping, while you, while you people sleep, we are here still working for your Minutia. You know, uh, actually, when I was uh, in radio many years ago, back at the Loop, uh, on Thanksgiving, I used to look forward to Thanksgiving because I got to do all like the primetime shifts. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, sure. normally I was, you know, midnight to six, but on Thanksgiving, you know, I'm like filling in for Bob Stroud or Bobby Scafish. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> Yeah, right. I'm in charge now. <laughs> We've got the scorpions coming up. All right. Glieben, Globen, Glieben, Globen. No, I uh, I imagine I probably listened to you on those things. No, probably not. I remember I, I remember one time I was on at Thanksgiving, and I and I, I the reason I mentioned the scorpions is because I actually played a scorpion song, and over the intro of I think Rock You Like a Hurricane or something. I mentioned the first names of every member of the Scorpions, and I yeah. got a call from Greg Salk, uh, who was the program director at the time, and he said something to the effect of, uh, number one, I don't want you talking over the records. Number two, I'm a little worried about you knowing all the names of the Scorpions. Uh, what are... It's Minutia. What are the names? Well, this of is a long time ago. I used to know. Let's see if I can remember it. Uh, there was, there's Klaus Meine. <laughs> there's Matthias Jobs. There's uh, Rudolf Schenker. There's Hermann yeah. Rehrbel. And yeah. there's, oh no, who's the fifth one? Uh, is, is there a Ludwig? No. No, I can't, a, I can't remember the fifth one. An Ernst? It's the bass player. No one remembers the bass yeah. player. Other than Paul McCartney and John Entwistle. Yeah. There's not a lot of bass But, uh, well, uh, well, not and so it's the same. Where you're working on Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're still working. And what are you doing for Thanksgiving? We're having it here. In case you're wondering, are you? Uh, I, I didn't yeah. get an invite. Uh, no, we um, we're actually I think at capacity now that my nieces are having kids and stuff and getting married and all that. Yeah, we're kind of at um, we're kind of at uh, capacity. The people that are dying in the family are being, being replaced <laughs> are being replaced at a higher rate so, yeah uh, population explosion at the at the stern household well so we well, are um, whenever we go somewhere we're, we're bringing five people and same with you so you know i always feel i always feel bad when i get invited to somebody's house because you know it's a it's a full house right. although in uh, our case we're going to uh my uh, sister-in-law ellen's house she lives out in glen ellen and um Wait, they Ellen have, lives in, where does Ellen live? Ellen lives in Glen Ellen, yes. <laughs> wow. 
And, and Carol lives in Carol Stream, right? No, she used to. She used to. She no longer does. <laughs> okay. But that's a long drive. Um, but it, the house is gigantic. They have a gigantic house, which is necessary because Bridget has five sisters and a brother, right. and all of them have lots of kids, and it's mayhem. It's yeah. mayhem. Yeah, it gets loud in our house, too. Well, we have our three kids who are the – I think you – you know how loud they are. Very, very loud. <laughs> I've got loud, loud children. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Max, who's a 15-year-old, who probably will just be in a corner playing on his iPod or whatever. He's, he's no problem. Um, but the the amount of noise that my children generate. <laughs> uh, in fact, o- O'Hare Airport calls and complains often that yes, we're creating. See, I do not have that problem until Johnny and Sean start fighting. And then, you know furniture is bumped into knocked over you know fists are <laughs> flying now you uh obviously with the election that has just transpired i don't know if you've heard about it a couple of weeks ago there was an yeah, election yeah yeah i was following it um and uh you know there's going to be a lot of families that are going to have these awkward situations um well did you, are you see that have- did you see that new york times article about this no i don't think so uh, there was an article in the New York Times, I think, yesterday about uh, conversations that people should have on Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. And one woman, I think she's like a 20-something woman living in, in New York, said that her grandmother unfriended her on Facebook during the election. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then another one said that her uh, mother uh, helpfully told her that if she voted for Hillary, she was going to hell. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that this election has cost probably inheritances, right? I bet it has. People getting cut out of wills and stuff? Yeah, I bet it um, has. You know, my family, I think we're all of the same political ilk, more or less. So I don't think we're going to have really yeah. any. Um, the, the thing that in my family that is going to kind of get my goat is um, optimism. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yeah. Um, there isn't any. There will be no, well. I guess so. If there's no optimism, it'd just be pure pessimism. Okay. And you so. know, and you know me. I'm a f- half full guy, <laughs> yeah, right? Right. <laughs> so you know, I'm going to rally around this president, even though I may not agree with him. You know, he's our president. I wish him to do well. I don't think that's going to be the the tone around my dinner table. I don't well, think. I, you know, in our family and, and Bridget's family, Bridget's family is mostly conservative, and mm-hmm. and then there's me. You know, so it, it used to be kind of funny because uh, my father-in-law was very uh, strongly uh, political. Not, uh, yeah, not liberal. Not liberal. Very strongly political and, and, you know, had his beliefs and was not afraid to share them with us. And he knew I wasn't a conservative. So he kind of enjoyed poking me a little bit. He really did. And I, you know, I liked I liked the verbal sparring because I was always very gentle about it. I, you know, I never really went after him. And uh, this year, without him around, because he passed away a couple of years ago, and this I think this is our first Thanksgiving without him. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm anticipating it's not going to be as contentious as it yeah. could have been in previous years, even with uh, even with this election. And I'll tell you another reason why. Another reason why is because. Even though, uh, even though Trump is a conservative, most of my family were not exactly huge Trump fans. Right, right. Even the ones that voted for him, 
we're not huge fans of it. So I don't think it's going to be too uh, too bad. You know, as an aside, um, you the eulogy you gave at your father-in-law's uh, funeral, yeah. one of the all-time best eulogies I'd ever heard. Oh, thank you. Just for now, how many have you done? Are you, you you're like you, you like go on tour, don't you? You've got like thirty two done... dates a year or something, don't you? <laughs> well, I want to I want to do no more. I've done fifteen of them, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I do a lot of eulogies. And the reason why is because it always bugged me when I went to eulogy, went to funerals as a kid, and I've been to hundreds of them because. That's kind of what we do in the German yeah. community. It's like, right. hey, somebody died. I don't really know. We're going to the funeral. <laughs> um, and it always bugged me when they when they would do a eulogy of somebody and the priest who was doing it obviously had no idea who the guy was, never really met him. And, you know, his entire life is gone. Right, and you, right. at le- you can at least give him, you know, a three-minute conversation <laughs> that is somewhat personal. Uh, yeah google yeah 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 at least even if he doesn't have a wikipedia page for the guy who died talk to the family at Spend least get, 20 minutes <laughs> get some highlight well wasn't at your father-in-law at stan's funeral didn't wasn't that the priest that quoted pink floyd it was good memory <laughs> yeah well i don't and not like you i don't go to thankfully well thankfully or unthankfully most i don't have a very large family due to certain circumstances in the forties. Oh, are you going to bring that up again? <laughs> um, but so I, you know, I don't go to a lot of funerals, certainly not a lot in, with priests. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a good point. But I, so, uh, so I guess I have this question. Do generally priests, um, quote classic rock. Is generally, that that's, no, generally they do not do that. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool. It was dark side of the moon. Wasn't it? Right. I, um, yeah. Was it, uh, yeah, what was? Do you remember like, what the? I think it was, was "Us and Them" from "Dark Side of the Moon." I don't remember which part of the song he used, but I remembered that there was a couple of lines, a few lines later in the song that would have been much better. <laughs> and he, just go a little further in the song. Keep looking at the lyrics. There's some good stuff so, there. So obviously, he was not a radio disc jockey like you. No, no, yeah, he, he didn't, didn't know the all the guys in the Scorpions. Uh, uh, I would imagine virtually no one knows all the guys in the Scorpion. I think the Scorpions don't know all the guys in the Scorpion. <laughs> uh, well, there's what uh, Klaus was his name, Klaus Minor or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then there's uh, we've already gone Ludwig. through this. We've already gone through this, Dave. We've already gone through when? the uh, Scorpions. When do we do this? At the beginning of the show. <laughs> uh. Oh, I really have no short-term memory. I have absolutely no short-term memory. Uh, oh, wow. All right, well, whatever. Yeah. That's fine. So um, um, we're going to uh, we're gonna, uh, gingerly tackle conversations uh, on Thanksgiving. Is that what you wanted to talk about? Because I, I think that the go-to conversation in houses in Chicagoland that, you know, Whenever you get into political discussions, you can always say, hey, how about them Cubs? And this year, there's a lot of stuff to talk about with the Cubs. But that could also, I'm telling you, there's a possible minefield there. That could also get into politics because Todd Ricketts, one of the minority owners of the Cubs, is actually uh, interviewing for a job with Trump. In what capacity? As As uh, like Commerce Secretary or something like that. Now, this is Tom's brother. Tom's little brother, yeah, Todd, 
You remember that um, uh, ep- episode of Undercover uh, Boss? Yeah. He's Where the he one that out the urinal bucks or whatever it yeah, was that yeah. he was doing. That was Todd. He was the one on that one. And plus, uh, you know, Jake Arrieta made some comment about uh, uh, Trump celebrities getting him out of here because he right. loved Trump so much, and and right. Hillary is a Cubs fan, so even the Cubs could go political. So we need to find other subjects to talk about. Um, well, uh, we could. Um, I you know what I I would do is I would just fake a seizure or a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it gets dicey, and I and I definitely suggest and recommend that to anybody who's listening, if it's getting dicey in your uncomfortable situation, just fake a heart attack, That's a minor bad. one, That's- a minor one, right? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you don't want to like really fake a heart attack. And then have a heart attack while you're faking a heart attack. Yeah, see, right? that's kind of tempting fate a little bit too much. Uh, the um, I, here I got another idea. Okay, um, invite a Mary Todd Lincoln impersonator to dinner <laughs> and just have her there, right there. Now, you talk about a Mary Todd Lincoln impersonator as if it, if there isn't such a thing, but there <laughs> actually is. And I got this for Dave for his birthday a couple of years ago, uh, your fiftieth birthday. I was at a mm-hmm. charity auction for a literary society. And one of the prizes. That sounds was, like a lot of fun, too. But. Oh, it was as much fun as you think it was. Uh, one of the prizes was this woman who would, who would work as an impersonator of Mary Todd Lincoln or somebody else. Uh, like um, one of the Little Women or the author of Little Women or something like that. She did. She was an impersonator of Charlotte Bronte or something like that. <laughs> and Mary Todd Lincoln. Now, I thought. Getting you a Mary Todd Lincoln impersonator who would just come and sit in your house for an afternoon would be like the greatest thing ever. I would. Yeah. Uh, can I get you something to? Can I get you something to drink, Mary? Um, some Edelberry wine would be great, or whatever, right? <laughs> exactly, because she supposedly would not uh, leave character. character, and then you would have had to dress up as Abe and all that kind of stuff. And I would have just absolutely loved to have been there for that, but we could not work out the details. We couldn't get the date set. And then well, I started feeling bad for the lady. I didn't want to make fun of her to mock her. Yeah. Uh, well. Did you? I'm sure you saw over the last week. Um, Mike Pence saw Hamilton. I Did you see that. this? Yeah, of course. And then afterwards, Hamilton. Or it was after during the curtain call. The guy who plays Burr did a speech, right? To, to yeah. uh, directed to Pence. Um, and, then, and then Trump tweets something like, "The theater is supposed to be a safe place," or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Talk to Abraham Lincoln about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then there's another point. You can't even talk about the theater. You know, if you th- you'd think that the theater would be something you could talk about without getting into politics, but you can't now because of what just happened this week. So that's another subject. I've got a couple of like starters, uh, like conversation starters that I've been working on. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. This, this won't work in your house, but it will okay. work in a lot of houses. Okay. Ready? Yeah. You know who's a great guy? Jesus. <laughs> Discuss. All right. Yeah, that's that's right. that's one. Okay. All right. Okay. That okay. works in most uh, Christian households. Yeah. Um, this one also, I, I did some research into this yesterday. Uh, do you know how often uh, socks are replaced? How often people buy new socks? Here's some initiative. Oh, I would say 
I mean, yearly. I mean, not not even yearly. I mean, I've got some bad boys that have gone back three or four administrations. Easy. Well, uh, I think you and I are not the uh, norm here because uh, uh, I have some socks that are older than my children for sure. Oh yeah. Um, but so, so when you say replace, like on an average, or what? Yeah, what, like what, how often do you get new socks? I say oh, there's I no it. answer to this. I spent hours looking for an answer to this yesterday. So this is apparently something that you could discuss. Everyone's got a different opinion. That could last hours. Just talk about socks. They cannot uh, go wrong on socks. Unless it's the white socks, and then you got the cub home. and then Oh, see, go, there we go. Uh, we can't talk about socks either. Uh, um, well, here's something that is not really a discussion, but kind of just fun. Serve beer at the kids' table. <laughs> Now, uh, you don't need to say that to Germans. <laughs> okay, good point. Uh, uh, well, you know, you had mentioned just previously about just throwing out, hey, what about, you know, hey, Jesus, good guy. What yeah. about this? It just blurred out while you're eating. Hey, there's one less gorilla at the Cincinnati Zoo. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, what about also if you got a crazy uncle who you just don't kind of like? And I actually don't have any crazy uncles that I don't like. Uh, but you know how you play football and you have like a wacky name, like Turkey Bowl in yeah. the backyard or whatever? Sure. Well, make sure your crazy uncle's on the other team and just clip him or illegal block him all the time. <laughs> See, I don't think this is helpful. Or what about, you know, those paintings? And it's, you know, Halloween was just a few weeks ago. You know how you can get those paintings? Or actually, I don't even know if you can get them. That the eyes follow you around. Yeah, sure. You know, like a Scooby-Doo right episode. Right, exactly. Put that in your dining room, and it'll just creep everybody out. And no one will talk. <laughs> that's not bad. I like that. That's that's. Then you can talk about artwork, which is yeah. pretty safe. Uh, I also was thinking that you could talk about uh, spices. You know, hey, what's your favorite spice? Um, I'm an oregano yeah. guy. You like basil? You know, I, yeah, I like basil. Um, oregano. Now there are. And this is kind of funny. You mentioned this. You know, we've got. I don't know how many spices are on a spice rack. Oh, like I don't know. 25. 40. Or, yeah. Something like whatever. That. Yeah. And, and you know, the spice we have spice, we have a, like a full jar of like turmeric or something yeah. that we never use. Right. Uh, that's probably 30 years old. Oh yeah. Turmeric. That's true. Uh, um, so if you're working in a turmeric, is it turmeric? What is the name? I don't name know. Of the, I have no idea. Uh, let's say you work at a turmeric, uh, uh, factory that's that's got to be i mean that's got to be horrible <laughs> it depends what country you're in like in india well, get, you might be yeah, doing guess, fantastic with that I guess, I guess it's true but in america it's like any orders today nope yeah well i've got some thanksgiving minutiae for you but uh first i have uh, let's remind people what they're listening to you're listening to Minutia Men, uh, Minutia featuring Men. the wacky exploits of your good pals, Rick and Dave. Give them 22 oh, okay. minutes and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. Okay. okay, Dave, uh, that was my clear cue that I was going to some audio. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, we've uh, been having some headphone problems, so I thought that yeah. I, the dead air. Okay, do that again. Here, rewind. No, no, just, I'm not going to rewind it. We'll, we'll just keep going. We'll just keep going. Right. I've got some uh, some tips for you, some Thanksgiving minutiae. But seriously, you got to work on the whole <laughs> on the whole audio thing. Thanksgiving minutiae. Uh, who convinced Abe Lincoln? This is a quiz for you. Okay. Who convinced Abe Lincoln to declare Thanksgiving a national holiday? This is a true story. Was it A, General U.S. Grant, B, 
The woman who wrote the song, Mary Had a Little Lamb. C, Susan B. Anthony's twin sister, Margaret. Or D, Charles Dickens. All right, well, Susan B. Anthony's twin sister. Susan B. Anthony was what? Well, when was Susan B. Anthony around? Oh, if I told you that, I might help you answer the question. Yeah, you know what? It's not Susan B. Anthony. (laughs) I think we're in in different eras there. (laughs) I think you're right. Okay, really, a really long labor uh-huh. for Mrs. Anthony. Uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Yeah, I just don't see that happening. I'm going Mary. I'm going to the. Well, I would have said Mary Tom Lincoln, but Mary the Mary had a little lamb lady. That's very good. Her name was Sarah Josepha Hale, and she is the person uh, who wrote Mary had a little lamb, and she also was the person who convinced Abe Lincoln to declare Thanksgiving a national holiday. What year? So, 61 uh during the lincoln presidency sometime i'm not sure okay so here we go true or false only male turkeys gobble i i think it's let's be honest it's the female turkeys that gobble no. and they gobble uh, no male turkeys gobble but are they the only ones they are the only ones female turkeys also known as hens cackle they don't gobble. They okay, cackle. That's true. Okay, I, I'll take that. Yes. All right. And, they and then and they won't stop cackling. <laughs> Here's the last one. What non-retail related occupation has the busiest day of the year, the day after Thanksgiving? Non-retail related. And it's kind of gross. After Thanksgiving. The day uh, after Thanksgiving, yeah. Oh, I bet it's like plumbing yes that's something. right it is plumbers yeah. because yeah. houses uh, you know everyone eats a lot of food and that's got to go somewhere right exactly yeah definitely and a lot of yeah. times people are staying at, at other people's homes and that don't really have that kind of volume on a, a normal <laughs> basis and so according to rotor rooters the busiest day of the year for plumbers is the day after thanksgiving yeah i would think that that yeah that makes sense and actually Probably the day of Thanksgiving is probably a pretty, pretty good day for, like, you know, if if your furnace goes out or something, you yeah. know, oh my God, I got to call somebody today, and they, I'm sure they're charging you out the, out Wazoo. the, out the for that one, right? I mean, I would think so. Um, oh yeah, I think there's definitely advantage the taking advantage of the rotor or the. Uh, even the Roto-Rooter guy is probably taking advantage of that day after Thanksgiving, too, probably. <laughs> so that is that is it for my Thanksgiving minutia. I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Do you have any other kind of minutia for us this week, Dave? Uh, yes, I have a Jenkins, so I will sit, oh, okay. quietly while, sit quietly while you do the audio. Okay, thank you. thank you, Dave. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be Jenkins. Jenkins with Rick and Dave. Jenkins. All right, we call the, uh, the call the feature Jenkins because Jenkins is always the uh, the guy who gets yelled at in TV commercials as uh, as the uh, employee screw up. And do we have an employee screw up? We do, but it's in Moscow. So what is would it be Jenkoff? Oh, very good, <laughs> Jenkoff. Um, and this is actually a uh, a, a Jenkoff, which is kind of close to my heart because of my and your heart too. It's about printing and typos oh, okay. with our business. Go through the uh, you know we go through this all the time. Yeah. Um, here's the headline from the Moscow Times: Thanks to printing typo, 
Russian charities new leaflets advocate beaver genocide. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a picture. Um, now, I don't read Russian, so obviously I did not find the typo. But it's a really nice image of a, of a, of a girl with a Santa cap on looking at a snow dome. Um, and by the way, not to switch subjects, you have one of the largest snow dome collections I do. in the world. I do. Don't you? Yeah. Do you have any, do you have, do you have any ones from Russia? I don't have any from, from Russia. No. Well, a charity, a Russian charity group is learning how costly a typo can be after it paid 375,000 rubles, which is about $6,000, which I think is probably three years salary for some people in Russia, probably, uh, for pamphlets that were meant to read "Do Good," but instead of but instead it said "Exterminate Beavers." Uh, evidently, there's very subtle differences in typefaces. <laughs> wow, that is yeah. a complicated language. When "Do Good" <laughs> and "Exterminate Beavers" are that close to each other, <laughs> exactly. So they they printed um, one million leaflets, uh, and of course it was you know they were trying to do good. Um, and now everybody's, you know, aggravated about this. Now, or, or they're why, on rampages. Well, why do you think people are aggravated? It's obviously because it's a generate, you know, or a, a genocide, beaver genocide or exterminate beavers. But the printing company refused to reprint the job. And the charity said, screw it. We'll just <laughs> no really? one notice. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, we deal with printers all the time, some fantastic printers in the Chicago community that would definitely reprint it. Right. See, this is Uh, where this is why we are going to win the war against Russia someday, because our printers are far superior. Exactly. So uh, I just think that there's so many great levels here. First of all, the typo and the printer going. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking in in English, kill, K-I-L-L and kilt, K-I-L-T. Uh, you know, yeah. slightly different uh, definitions. I guess it's probably true in every language. Like if you put, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> if you were trying to write kilt and you wrote kill instead, it would be the same sort of thing. But our printers uh, would catch it or they would redo it. Well, as you know, being a publisher of 25 books, um, I would say, how many books do you think of ours have typos in them? I'd say 25. <laughs> no, no, Chugga Chug doesn't. Okay. The children's book doesn't. Okay. Uh, um, and I don't think Diary of a Wrigley Field Usher does. No, actually, I think most of them don't. But, you know, the thing, they all have something. You know, this is, we have discovered this. That as Stephen King put out an entire book about all the mistakes in all of his books. Yeah, right. And, and you know, Stephen and, King's books. Right. And it's not book. just typos and things that, you know continuity issues that he discovered afterwards that no one caught, you know, that sort of thing. It happens. It happens. Well, you've got what a 80,000 word book, right? On an average, you know, how many letters are in each word is, you know, there's a half a million chances of, of a goof up. And we usually don't read our books past what page 13, right? (laughs) And we do, you don't, (laughs) Right, right. The Balding Handbook. I don't think I even read those. Yeah. In fact, I didn't even write the Balding Handbook. You wrote the Balding Handbook. I did not write it. Uh, okay. Let's let's go to our next feature, which uh, is our weekly Cubs feature. I decided we're going to stick with it because, you know, the Cubs are, they're never old. And there's always stories to tell. And I've got one for, well, let, let's do the audio first. 
Okay. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century. With Rick and Dave. So uh, this week, uh, a former Cub was is celebrating a birthday, and he has the uh, distinction of being the only player in baseball history that was traded for himself. How does that work? Okay, so here we go. Um, well, first of all, his name is Dickie Knowles. Dickie Knowles uh, was one of Dallas Green's favorite players. They, he got him from okay. the Phillies along with Keith Moreland uh, after he arrived in Chicago. And Knowles was a bit of a uh, a bit of a drinker and brawler. I don't know if you remember this, but he got arrested a couple of times when he was with the Cubs. He got into a fight at a tavern. He fought a bouncer. He fought the cop who came to arrest him. Had a bit of an alcohol problem. Okay. Um, but he got treatment, and he actually worked it out. And and, and then Green traded Dickey uh, for two minor leaguers. But he always had a soft spot for uh, for for Dickey. So in 1987, he signed him again. And in one of the most unusual moves in baseball history, Knowles was traded that same season to the Tigers for a player to be named later. Okay, are you following uh-huh. this? That right, player so they, to be named later turned out to be Dickie Knowles. <laughs> really? Oh, that is very cool. So Dickie uh, is the only person in baseball history who was traded for himself. And that's this week's Just One Bad Century. That was uh, interesting. Thank you. Now we go to our final feature, which is Celebrity Potpourri. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Okay, Dave, reach into the bowl of names and pull one out and I have to tell the story. Okay, this is kind of, it's hard to read. It says, says Mamas and the Pot. No, you could not have possibly. No, I never met met the Mamas and the Papas. Who are what is this mama's what mama's boys that's it yeah okay okay mama's boy yeah you really need to have better sorry about that handwriting. yeah mama's yeah. boys now that okay that, that's an obscure name but i put it in the in the bucket anyway because the story's kind of a uh, funny story um mama's boys were a band in the 80s i think they were from ireland or northern ireland they were three brothers and another guy but they did they were like a heavy metal band Mm-hmm. And they had a couple of minor hits, and one of them was uh, played on WPGU. Now, I happen to remember that uh, um, they came to town. They came to town to play uh, in uh, in Champaign, and I got a call from the promoter. At that time, I was the program director of a radio station in Champaign, and he called me up for advice. He said, listen, I've got this chance to book this band Mama's Boys you know, do you think that anybody will come if if mm-hmm. I book them? And I, I looked up our request sheet. We used to keep track of all our requests. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, they're in the top 10 of the requests. But, you know, that could be the same guy calling you right. know, every day. From Tolono or Muhammad or right. whatever. Right. He goes, well, if they're in the top 10, I'll, you know what? I'll go ahead and I'll book them. And yeah. you can have them on your show. I said, okay, great. And at that time, we weren't we weren't doing a lot of rock and roll interviews. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. So I thought this is going to be great. I'm going to be able to interview Mama's Boys. And I actually <laughs> researched them, uh, called the record company, and got details about them. And I was ready well, to go. How did you research them without the internet? Did you go to like 
yeah how do you how would you go ahead and research something through like, like that? trade publications and stuff you know whatever i could find you know we 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 at that time uh, subscribed to all these trade publications music billboard magazine that sort of thing whatever so i could the find of, <clears throat> the amount of time that you spent researching mama's boy compare that to the time you spent researching like for advertising <laughs> 381 <laughs> yeah i don't even want to admit this <laughs> okay. remember remember when you used to go to the library and they'd have like uh the periodical section yeah and yeah. they had you know those green books that that you'd you'd go through and find out what issue you know right. mama's boys were that's what i <laughs> yeah. did i actually did wow. that and I actually called the record company but anyway i was ready to go with this interview these guys came in and I realized after they got there that there were three of them and there was only one microphone. Okay. Because, you know, we were a crappy little college station. Right, right. So I, I tried to get them to uh, hover around the same microphone, but they were rock guys <laughs> and from Ireland and they just didn't care. Yeah. And so they were leaning back in their chairs. Now, all three of them were, I'd say three feet away from the microphone so i would ask them a question a well-researched well-thought-out question <laughs> right right in radio and records october issue 1987 <laughs> exactly exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, and your uh and your song uh come on feel the noise <laughs> yeah. um you know whatever i don't remember the names of their songs but they sounded right, a lot sure. like quiet right that's that's yeah, why yeah. i mentioned that but anyway uh, i i couldn't pick them up on on the audio i had their pot turned all the way up so i was trying to he, i was trying to hear them but nothing was coming up the, the meters were not moving at all and i was such a novice interviewer that i didn't know what to do i mean <laughs> okay. I, I, I didn't i thought it would be unprofessional you know how i just kind of earlier just uh you know told you hey you're talking over the audio i yeah, never right, would have right. done that Back right. in the old the old days, because right. I didn't know that you can just say things like, hey, get closer to the microphone. <laughs> I could have just said that. Right, but right, instead, right, right, right. I didn't say that. And for 20 minutes, you'd hear me and then nothing. <laughs> and then you'd hear me and then nothing. It was like the worst interview ever. It was terrible. And to finish off the the the, the badness of this, that night they did their show at Mabel's. Remember Mabel's? Oh, yeah, sure. A bar down in Champagne. Ten people came to the show. Uh, so the top ten requests, yeah. that, that we had, what, 100 requests? Yeah. And those ten people were. Um, and then, the, that's the, I, and I was not one of them. I did not go. I did not <laughs> want to see them after that interview. And I got a call from the promoter that night at, like, you know, midnight. Called me at midnight and just bitched me out <laughs> like hey i lost five grand thanks to you i called you i asked you is it can i book these guys and you said yes right, and i right. lost five thousand dollars thanks to you and back in 1987 that's like i don't know what thirty thousand dollars now or whatever yeah so that's my that's my story about so you ruined boys. so you ruined this promoter's career basically well, this promoter, he stayed in town and promoted a bunch of other bands. But after that, every time that I saw him, he nothing. was ice cold to me. Yeah. What's he doing now? Yeah. I What's the guy's know. name? Do you know? Do you remember? I don't remember his name. I don't. I'm surprised I remember Mama's Boys. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, well, you know, Mabel's, I love, you know, not to digress, but. That's what we do. What a great. 
what a great place that was. That uh, was. Do you, remember, do you remember when we saw Lords of the New Church there? Yeah. And we heard their first song, and we just walked right out after that because that was the, <laughs> the only song we knew. Uh, the crowd, Yeah, and if you're Lords of the New Church, you don't start off with a song that everybody knows. That's a duh. That's a duh. <laughs> right, exactly. If you like Venusia Men with Rick and Dave, be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And I understand uh, uh, last weekend on Lasano and Friends, Tony admitted that his mother listens to our show before his than, or something like that right <laughs> right i love her don't you uh get uh l- let's get our personal assistant on and get, get her a nice bouquet of flowers for, okay. for the holiday let's do that i'll be on the show on december 10th uh great talk radio isn't dead it's just moved to a better place that's uh, radiomisfits.com and to find out more about rick and dave you can check out eckhartspress.com that's our that's our company and you know it, black friday is this week and then uh-huh. Cyber Monday is, you know, next Monday. But we do uh-huh. something different at Eckhart's Press, don't we, Dave? Yeah, we call it Teal Tuesday, right? Teal Tuesday. And, and, and we'll, what is that? Uh, we're going to have great specials on our website, and I'm going to send out an email blast to all of our customers. So you watch that for some great uh, great Christmas offerings. Well, isn't yeah. it free shipping? Aren't we doing free shipping all day? On I don't know. I did the math. I'm not sure we're going to do free shipping, oh, to be okay. honest with you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how these Amazon people do it, because I can't figure out how to do that without losing our ass. So I don't think it's going to be free shipping. Sorry. Okay. All right. Uh, well, you know. then, but then you, but how about discounts? Can we do discounts? Yeah, we'll do a discount. Right. But money doesn't grow on tree, pal. Trees, pal. So well, we got a lot we'll of see. authors. We got a lot of authors on EckhartsPress.com. We got Jeannie Belezzo. Yeah. We've got Bruce Borer, the diary of a, a Wrigley Field Usher. Dan Burns. Tim Clue, comedian. Colander, whose book just got uh, awarded book of the year. Yeah. Uh, we got ML Collins and Joel Daly. And uh, Mark Jelinus, whose book is coming out. We got Bob Hergeth, uh, whose book is coming out. So, you know, lots of great stuff. We got Rick King and uh, Rick King, uh, Rick Hemfer and Rich King, uh, John Records Landecker, Dobie Maxwell. We got them all. That's right. Kipper uh, McGee. Skatefish's book. We yeah. just went to a great outing in Griffith, Indiana. <laughs> and, and as it turns out, we may not have discounts on any of this stuff but <laughs> there will be something uh teal tuesday check it out at eckhartspress.com there's also chicago author solutions.com and by the way you might have told me about the fact that we're not doing the discounts before we started the show uh if you'd like to reach us you can drop us a line also at minutiamentpodcast at gmail.com special thanks to executive producer tony lasano with opi productions distributed by ed silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And uh, next week, we'll be back with another episode of... Minutia Men. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes. Stitcher Radio. And at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed Los Ano or Los Ano and Friends, here's what you missed. 
140 frozen turkeys were stolen from an <laughs> Illinois market. Uh, I can't imagine stealing $2,000 worth of frozen turkeys. Maybe it's like the Thanksgiving Robin Hood. He's stealing <laughs> He's the turkeys stealing to, to give, give to the turkeys. It's, it's hard enough to handle one frozen turkey. <laughs> right. Here's the Thanksgiving. Let's give Jesse White a plug right here. Oh, yeah. Our oh, guy. Man. He, most people, I bet, in this room don't know this. Of all the different things about him we don't know. Yeah. He will have collected and delivered 10,000 turkeys yeah by Thanksgiving yeah Maybe and personally directed all himself he? personally directed all he'll be he'll start at 5 in the morning yeah. and end at 10 at night and he's done it for 25 years. I had him on my old TV show very early on, and we had him with the Jesse White Tumblers, and I watched him. He set everything out up with the the kids. He is always hands-on. He's always there. So I find him to be an amazing, amazing. man. And very talking, lively. While talking, Jesse White called. <laughs> and he did. I showed you. Yeah. He was calling. I said, should I take it? Take it. And so he just said that it's 50 years, 15,000 turkey snaps. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Wow. And then he called just to make yeah. sure. I said, I can't talk. I'm on the radio. <laughs> radio Misfits. Get more Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever it's called.